All right, if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter number 6 this morning. John chapter number 6. I'm glad you're here this morning. And in, uh, I was talking with someone this morning, and uh, I was reminded of the verse uh, that says, This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad. And we were just kind of talking, and, and, uh, and I said, Yes. I said, Sometimes I have to remind myself of that verse. And, uh, and some days, you know, it just doesn't, uh, you, you wake up and maybe you don't feel good or maybe you got a long day ahead of you and you're like, man, you're kind of dreading the day, uh, but uh, maybe that's the day you need most to remind yourself, hey, uh, this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, there's something that we can rejoice about every single day, uh, and that is that uh, the Lord is walking with us. And so, uh, praise the Lord, we don't have to go through those days by ourselves. As you're looking uh, in John, chapter number 6, uh, I want to, sh- to turn your attention to verse number uh, 66, John chapter 6, and verse number 66. And the Bible says this, just two verses of Scripture are the thought that, uh, uh, that we have this morning. And the Bible says this in verse number 66, From that time, many of his disciples went back, and walked no more with him. Just the thought of that verse is a very chilling thought, to be honest with you. It's a very sad thought. But then go on to verse number 67, and the Bible says, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Let's stop right there. And let's pray. Father, we thank You for today. We thank You just for Your goodness to us. And God, thank You for Your Word that we can look at, and God, we can study, we can think about, and God, we can learn from, we can uh, grow from. And God, I pray that You would just be with uh, the the message this morning. God, I pray that You would help me uh, to speak with clarity. And uh, God, I pray that You would just give me the words to speak, Father, and help me Uh, as I preach the message that you've laid on my heart. God, I pray that you would touch hearts as only you can. And God, may we uh, look at our lives. And Father, may we be careful uh, that we go not away from you. And God, I pray that you would just bless each and every person and each and every listener. Father, those who have tuned in online and those who are physically present in the building. And Father, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we think about these verses, uh, there's a whole lot more to it, but I just want to start with those. And, and the idea is uh, walking away from Jesus. You know, as I, I think I mentioned, I referenced it last uh, week or so, and, and it's been on my heart and mind. Uh, one of the things that concerns me is people that have just kind of walked away from the Lord. I'm not talking about they went to another church and they're, uh, they're busy. Uh, I think there's a, a large percentage of people, not just in our church, um, but in all across America. One of the things that has bothered me for the past year is, is like it or lump it, the devil has sidelined the church and had us set at home for a long time. And with that has come casualties of war that have been a serious problem. And I'm not talking about physical war. I'm talking about spiritual warfare where people have basically given up on God. And they are out there. 
Uh, and this morning, on, on a Sunday morning, uh, they're sleeping in, or they're going fishing, or they're going to the lake, or they're going to their family's house, or they're going elsewhere, or they're not doing anything. But the bottom line is, they are not in church. And I'm not even, they're not even tuned in online. They're gone. They've left the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to John chapter number 6, and, and it's a sad portion of Scripture, to be honest with you. Just reading those few verses uh, is enough to really send chills down your back and to say, hey, uh, that many of His disciples, list, look at the words of that. The Bible says in verse number 66, from that time, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. They turned their back on the Lord Jesus Christ and they walked away. That's what they did. And Jesus, the Bible says in verse 67, then said Jesus unto the twelve, that would be the twelve disciples, will ye also go away? Now, before we get into this passage and think about this, I want us to understand uh, the context of what is going on. Turn back with me. Uh, you might have to turn back. i got to turn back two pages, believe it or not, to, Gen to, to John chapter 6, the first verse. And I want you to see from near what I can tell, I was trying to understand if this all took place in just a period of two days or three days or how long this took place. Because sometimes in the gospel accounts, uh, they, they will break from one story and go to another and a week and a town has passed. In other words, they've changed locations, many months have passed by, and there's no indication in the text. But from all that I could tell from uh, reading over this, it's like this is a continuous story. In other words, it started in John chapter 6, verse number 1, and it continued all the way down through the end of the chapter, and it is one fluid passage, though several days did take place because in John chapter number 6 and verse number 1, the Bible says after these things, there's some other things that had taken place, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And look at verse number 2. And a great multitude followed Him because they saw the miracles which He did on them that were diseased. And, uh, and so Jesus had performed many miracles and the people had witnessed that. They saw that. And the Bible says that they followed Him. Now, He crossed over the sea and went to the other side. And I tend to think that a lot of those people, they gathered with Jesus and also went to the other side. And the reason is, is because in John chapter number 6, we find that Jesus actually gets back in the boat. Nope, I'm sorry. He sends His disciples in the boat. And they cross over to the other side. He goes up into a mountain and prays at night. And then in the middle of the night, he crosses the sea walking on the water. And he goes to the other side. And, uh, and, then, and then we pick up that story on the other side. But what I want you to realize is I, I noticed this, and I want you to see this, is why they were attracted to Jesus in the first place. If we can understand why they walked away from Him, we need to understand what was it that, they, that attracted those people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if we can understand that, and I believe in our, our text, it's fairly easy to see. I want you to notice the first thing is right here in verses 1 and 2, they were attracted to the show. 
they were attracted to the show. Now, I want you to understand this. I am by no way uh, stating that Jesus was in the entertainment business. He was not. Uh, that was not Jesus' purpose. That was not Jesus' ministry. That was not Jesus' goal. Jesus never set out to entertain people. And that's important to understand. Because a lot of churches have, have changed ministry for entertainment. And their, their, their mindset and their goal is to entertain people. And I want you to understand, Jesus was not interested in entertaining people. That was not His goal. That was not His objective. That's not what He set out to do. But nonetheless, He was entertaining. There's no doubt about that. What do you mean? Well, I want you to understand that people... Uh, they like to see things uh, that are incredible. Have you ever, you ever um, saw an accident? Maybe you didn't witness it happen, but maybe you saw two cars, they were crashed, and, and you know what happens is all the traffic slows down. And, uh, and the truckers, they all call it rubberneckers. And that means they're going like this as they're driving by. They gotta watch the whole thing, and a lot. Sometimes there's a secondary accident because of the accident, and people aren't paying attention to the road, and they're busy looking at that. And if you ever watch an accident, you know what happens when an accident takes place is a crowd starts to gather around. Now we're by and large in our society, we're driving cars, and people don't walk. But uh, when people are on foot, and if there is an accident or any kind of exciting event that may take place, people will stop, and matter of fact, they will walk over to that area because they want to see what is going on. And that's the case with Jesus. Could you imagine in Bible times, they weren't driving cars, they didn't even have cars. And so they were walking everywhere they went, and when they heard and saw of the miracles of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you what, that was a spectacle of their day. I mean, they didn't have TV. They didn't have entertainment like we have it. That was entertainment. And so those people, uh, they, they, the word would get around, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? He was deaf, but now he can hear. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Man, he was blind. He's been blind from birth, and he's never been able to see anything. And this guy, Jesus, came along and healed him, and now he can see. I mean, I tell you what, I would drive out of my way to see that. And I'm sure that in Bible times, they did. They flocked to that, and they were interested. They were attracted because of the show that was going on. And, and they were interested, and they wanted to be entertained. I tell you what, nothing has changed in society. People still want to be entertained. Uh, people pay good money, lots of money, to go to sporting events. And it's not wrong. I'm not going to say it's wrong. But... I'm just saying people like to be entertained. We invest, we probably invest in America way too much money in entertainment. I will say that. I, wouldn't, I won't say that entertainment is wrong, but we invest certainly way too much in entertainment. And I'm just saying and pointing out the fact that, hey, these people, many of these people, were drawn to Jesus Christ because of the spectacle, because of the show that was put on, though Jesus by no means was trying to entertain or putting on a show. He was ministering to people. 
not only because of the show, but I want you to notice as you read down through here, uh, we won't read it for the sake of time, but in John chapter number 6 is when Jesus is teaching His disciple that, disciples that He can provide. And there was 5,000 men, the Bible says, that, that He made to sit down, and Jesus took and gave the bread and the fishes to the disciples, and they break and they gave it to the the. Uh, all the people that were sitting down, and five, more than 5,000 people were fed that day. That's a miracle I would like to see. That's a miracle I would drive out of my way to see. But you know what? That's not just the show that people were drawn to. I want you to notice as well, people were attracted to the supply. Look with me at verses number 26 and 27. In John chapter number 6, verses 26 and 27. And Jesus answered them. There were some people that were talking to Him. And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek Me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat that which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for Him hath God the Father sealed. Verse 26 gives us the answer. They were only just attracted to the show and the spectacle that was going on. But I want you to notice that they were attracted to the supply of the food. Jesus told them. And you just you only came. The only reason you're following me is because I gave out free bread. Listen, some people are attracted to free food. We know that. If there's free food, brother, I mean, where do I sign up? How do I get there? Where's the address? I mean, that's, that's just our nature. We like free food. And, uh, and that's just part of who we are. Hey, we like to eat. Hey, there, there's nothing wrong with eating. Amen? We enjoy eating. That's not, there's, that's not sinful. Uh, and these people, in this case, they were attracted to the Lord Jesus Christ because of the food that He ate. And He pointed that out very clearly to them and said, hey, you're just interested in the fact that I can provide food and, and, uh, and that you don't have to pay for a meal. And, and man, they, they like that. I mean, who doesn't like that? And so it's no surprise that people like to eat, and it's no surprise that uh, these people were drawn and they were attracted to Jesus because of the show and because of the supply. Uh, but not only that, but I want you to notice this as well. Uh, and this is just kind of common sense. When you have a crowd, it draws a crowd. If you stop and, and, uh, and you, you start looking at something, my... My dad, he's kind of a jokester, and he likes to fool around. And, and sometimes as a family, when we would go out and we'd go hiking or we'd go to something, and, uh, some like national park or something of that nature, and, and my dad would, would say he'd stop and he would start looking. And he'd just look off the path at something. And, and us boys were like, well, what are you looking at? And we, so we'd start looking. And we're looking, and he's looking, and my mom's looking, and pretty soon people stop, start stopping, and they're looking, and my dad's pointing. And, and I'm like, Dad, what are you pointing at? He's like, nothing. I just wanted to see how many people would stop and look. 
My dad's a character like that. He likes to do that kind of stuff. And, and surely, you know, when people see you stopped and you're looking, I mean, they're going to stop and they're going to start looking and a crowd will start to draw a crowd. And so the people that were there to see the show and the people that were there to be fed and be supplied, uh, they were, there were others who were simply attracted to the swarm of people that were there. And they said, hey, look, there's a big crowd. Hey, there's something going on. Let's go see what's going on over there. And so there was, a, there was an attraction that brought these people to the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to think about this. Why would they abandon Him? So we've looked at the idea of why would they be attracted to Him. And of course there's far more. These are just some observations that we take out of this passage. But I want you to think about this. Why would they abandon Him? Look with me at verse number 55 of John chapter number 6. The Bible says this in John chapter 6, verse 55. The Bible says, Then Jesus said unto them, I'm sorry, I'm in 53. Let me drop down to 55. He says in verse number 55, For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. For he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever." These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Uh, many therefore, therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? Now I want to stop and I want to explain this. We won't spend a lot of time, but I want you to understand that Jesus was in the middle. We came in the middle of a dialogue there. And in verse number 48, he says, I am that bread of life. He is teaching uh, that he is the bread of life. And where we jumped in is one of the most difficult uh, passages as we come in because we jumped right into the middle of it where he says, hey, my body is bread and my blood is drink and uh, you, except you eat my body and drink my blood, you shall not live. And, and, and they stumbled at that. They said, man, that's, that's wild. We've never heard that before. That's not only wild, that goes against our cultural, that goes against our laws, that goes against everything that we've heard. And later on, Jesus does clarify, and we will look at that, but He says, these words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit. In other words, He was not talking literally that they would eat His flesh and that they would drink His blood, but nevertheless, we find in verses 59 and 60 that they stumbled at the declaration. They stumbled at the declaration. Why would they abandon Him? Listen, they did not like what He said. Listen, the message of salvation by Jesus Christ alone is offensive to many people. It is. People do not like to hear that. People like to think that they can be good enough in their own merit to earn their way to heaven. And when they find out that there's no amount of good works that they can do to get themselves into heaven, it leaves them hopeless and they do not like that. 
But the message of the Bible is that Jesus Christ alone saves. I was listening to the, uh, uh, something this week, and, and they were talking about soul winning, and they said, they said you have to, uh, people need to understand that when they trust the Lord Jesus Christ, that they're trusting Him alone. And, and listen, in our society, by and large, we, we wouldn't stumble at that. That would be very clear to us. But we do need to understand, as we are uh, infiltrated in our country with many other cultures and many other teachings that are being propagated throughout our land that, that there are many polytheistic people. In other words, they believe that there is more than one God. And you come along and you present the Lord Jesus Christ as salvation, many times they will accept that and they will say, well, yeah, I need one more God to add to my collection. You understand what I'm saying? And they will, they will pray a prayer and they will accept Jesus as their Savior uh, because they just want to add one more God to their collection. But listen, Jesus alone saves. He's not just one more that people are adding to a collection. You have to abandon all that other stuff and say, you know what, this stuff will not save me, but Jesus Christ can save. That's an offensive message to some people. And so uh, these people, they were offended at the message that Jesus spoke. They were offended at the declaration and met some of them because it was such a hard saying, they did not take the time to understand what Jesus was saying. They just simply took it and they said, you know what, whoa, I draw the line, I'm out, I'm done. They stumbled at the declaration. Listen, we're not here to change the message. The message comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. The pastor gave a wonderful uh, lesson in the adult Sunday school class. Listen, the, the message comes from this book. It comes from the Word of God. We're not going to change the Word of God. We're not going to change what the Word of God says. The message has always been the same. It's the same since uh, Paul and Peter and, and the apostles and the disciples preached the same thing. That's what we're preaching. Hey, it comes straight from God. It comes straight from the Word of God. And we're not going to change the message. These people stumbled at the message. Some people will stumble at the message and they will leave. They will. There's no two ways around it. But they did it in Jesus' day. Not only that, but I want you to notice this. In verses 62 down, the Bible's... Look with me at verse number 62. Well, we'll pick it up in verse number 61. When Jesus knew in Himself that His disciples murmured at it, He said unto them, Doth this offend you? In other words, talking about the message that He had just given. Verse 62, what and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where He was before? Verse 63, it is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray Him. We find in these verses that uh, not only did they stumble at the declaration, I want you to notice that they, they, uh, there, there was spiritual deficiency 
among the disciples, among those that were there. When we see the word disciples here, it is not always referring to the twelve. We notice at the very end of the passage where we read and where we jumped in that he did turn to the twelve and he asked them, will ye go away also? But before that, the Bible seems to indicate, hey, that there were many disciples that were following the Lord Jesus Christ. They were interested, and they were following the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to notice that they, they, because of their spiritual deficiency, they walked away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Some are attracted by a show, a supply, or a swarm of people, but no spirituality is developed in their life. And when the show is over, they were out. And that's kind of what happened. Jesus closed it down and he, and, he, and he was done doing miracles for that point and He had taught a lesson and, and it was offensive to some people. And, and not only that, but listen, because of their spiritual deficiency that they would not look at the message and they would not say, hey, you know what? This is Jesus speaking and we need to take the message that's given and we need to understand it. We need to ask Him to help us to understand it. They had, they had spiritual deficiency and they turned around and they walked out. And they said, we're done. There was no spiritual depth in their life. You know, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, in verse number 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Sometimes, sadly, People leave because they're not, they're not saved, to be honest with you. There's no spiritual uh, salvation that takes place. Now, I don't think that of all people. Uh, salvation is a hard thing uh, because, listen, I cannot look at your heart and see your heart. I wish I could, but I can't. But God knows your heart. And the fact of the matter is, there are some people who hang around uh, just because, hey, there's something interesting going on, or, or there's a social uh, uh, development there, or who knows, there's many reasons. I heard this phrase this week, that the gospel light attracts many strange bugs. Isn't that interesting? It does. And, you know, but, but listen, some who do go out, Sometimes it's just frankly because they're not saved. They've never been born again. They've never been uh, trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. Now, I don't think that was all of these people. Uh, I think there were some who were truly saved, but in their salvation, there was a spiritual deficit that they got away from God, and they turned around and they walked away from God. And what do I mean? Look at with me. Uh, in verse number 66, we find that there's selfish desires. We read that. In our text, he says here, uh, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. That's a sad verse. The Bible says, well, the Bible says in Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. 
The Bible makes it very clear, and it's no secret to, to people who are saved and born again, that every one of us, you who are sitting in the pew, I who am preaching, we have a flesh that wars against the Spirit. And you know it to be true. You know it's a struggle sometimes to get up in the morning and to read your Bible. Why? Because your flesh does not desire to do spiritual things. Sometimes it's a, it's a struggle and it's a war to get yourself ready and come to church. Why? Because your flesh does not desire spiritual things. Sometimes there's that war going on in our body. And listen, it, it is a, a war that goes on day in and day out. And you will battle it till the day of your death. The Apostle Paul battled his flesh. One of the greatest apostles in the Bible, uh, in my opinion. And listen, he battled his flesh day in and day out. But it's no secret. The Bible says this in Galatians, the verse that precedes uh, the verse that we just read, 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's the way you defeat it. It's not a war that is to be won uh, on a grand scale. It is a war that is to be won day by day, hour by hour, as we uh, become spiritually minded and look to, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ every single day, every single hour of our life. There's no free ground in the spiritual life of the, of the Christian. Every inch has to be fought for. And every inch has to be gained through following the Lord Jesus Christ. And we find that some of these had selfish desires. They were saved. I believe they were saved. I don't think that they were unsaved. And I've seen saved people that have turned their back on God and walked away. And it's sad to be honest with you. Like I said, they're not, they're not going to other churches and joining other churches. Uh, they, they just turn their back on God and they walk away. And it's sad. We get to our two verses this morning. It says, Then said Jesus unto, his, unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? We've looked at what, why they were attracted to Him. We've looked at some reasons of why they abandoned Him, but I want to spend just a few more moments looking at why these twelve were anchored to Him. Why these twelve were anchored to Him. And that's where I want us to grab the message of this passage. Look with me at verse 68. Then Simon Peter... Does it not surprise you that Simon Peter opens his mouth? Simon Peter is the first one to speak. He's the spokesman of the disciples, if I can say it that way. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I want you to notice that why were the twelve, why were those disciples, why did they not go away? Why were they anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ? What was it that kept them grounded and established in the Lord Jesus Christ? And many times Peter opens his mouth and he inserts foot. In this occasion, I think Peter opened his mouth and I think he hit the nail on the head with this one. 
I think he was dead on when he spoke these words. And I think this is what he said as we look at this. He said, uh, Lord, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. You know what he was saying? He's saying, listen, we have faith in the promises that you've given us. You know what he was saying? We have faith in the Word of God. Listen, Christian, if you want to keep from walking away from the Lord Jesus Christ, you better have faith in the Word of God. Hey, He's given it for us. The, the, the illustration that Pastor gave this morning was phenomenal. As uh, He was talking about one preacher, and, and, and he was, uh, the one preacher would go through and he would teach several things, and he'd say, well, that verse really ought not be in the Bible. He said the, the, one of the fellows in the church, he'd take that, that verse and he, he'd cut it out of his Bible. And he'd sit there in the church and he'd listen and listen to another, another verse and he'd cut that one out of his Bible and pretty soon he was talking to the preacher and he was flipping through his Bible and his Bible got to notice, or his, his preacher got to notice and hey, there's, there's a lot of holes in your Bible, what's going on? And he said, well, every time you said that verse shouldn't be in the Bible, I took a, I took a pair of scissors and I cut it out. Listen, you can trust the Word of God. Every verse, every letter that is written in your King James Bible is put there on purpose and you can confide and trust in the Word of God. These disciples, they had faith in the words that Jesus was speaking. Listen, uh, the Bible says that uh, in John chapter 1 that Jesus was the Word and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the words that Jesus taught were effectually the Word of God. And Peter was saying, listen, we have faith in the very words that you have given us. I find it interesting that as the disciples listened, not just this time, they, there's no indication in the text here, but I think probably the disciples really didn't understand Jesus saying, my body is the bread and my blood is drink, and if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, then you'll have no part of me. I think they went away scratching their heads saying, man, I sure hope Jesus explains that a little further. Listen, sometimes you'll read stuff that you won't understand. But that doesn't make it no less true. Just because we don't understand it does not mean that God uh, has not preserved and has not given us His Word. And sometimes, listen, faith is not equivalent to understanding. Matter of fact, the Bible defines faith as things that are, are believed that we cannot see. None of us... None of us, not one of us, have seen God. Not one of us in this room have seen heaven. But we believe it. Why? Because God speaks of it. I don't understand all the ins and outs of heaven and, and if, if, uh, how it's, it's going to be and exactly uh, what the houses will be like and, and, and how all of that is going to work. But I tell you what, I do know this. God said it. And I have faith in His Word. Peter was saying we have faith in the promises of God. John wrote this in 1 John 5.13. He said, These things have I written unto you that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God and that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. A lot of people 
if you talk to people and you ever witness to people and you ask them, well, listen, if you were to die today, do you know for sure where you'd go to heaven? You know what most people will say? They'll say, well, I, I hope I go to heaven. And listen, the Bible says that you can know you're going to go to heaven. Not because of our good works, not because of our righteousness, but because the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that He paid for our sins, that He uh, made us the promise that, hey, if we'll put our faith and trust and wholly in the Lord Jesus Christ, then, hey, we can be saved and we can know where we'll spend eternity. That's a no-so salvation. And Peter was saying in verse number 68, Thou has the words of eternal life. He had faith in the promises of God. But not only in the promises of God, I want you to notice in verse number 69, the Bible says, and we believe and are sure that Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. He not only had faith in the promises of God, He had faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Hey, He was sure. He might not have been able to explain it all. He probably couldn't explain many things. But I tell you what, his faith was not based on a full understanding of comprehension of everything that Jesus had done. His faith was in the person of Jesus Christ. And listen, my friend, if you're going to keep from walking away from the Lord Jesus Christ, your faith has got to be firmly placed in Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 19, we which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. Listen, there was nothing that was going to sway their decision. It was anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't matter that if all these people walked away. It didn't matter if, if they were the only ones. They were going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ because they were convinced in their mind. And they had faith in the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to notice one last thing in verses 70 and 71. Jesus says this, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. I want you to notice not only faith in the promise and faith in the person of Jesus Christ, but I want you to notice that they had faith in spite of the prospect of betrayal. You know, Jesus gave them that information. He said, hey, uh, now he did not tell them who it was. Uh, he said, one of you is going to betray me. There's only 12 of them. And they're rubbing shoulders and they're working day in and day out. And, and from John 6 till the end of the ministry of Jesus Christ, when they were at the Lord's Supper, you remember when they were sitting down and the disciples were all, uh, they were unsure who it was. And they said, Lord, is it I? And John asked Jesus, he said, who is it? And Jesus said, hey, him with whom I dip the sop, 
uh, it's that person, and, 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 and he dips the sop and gives it to Judas Iscariot, and he goes out and he betrays Jesus that very night. But I want you to notice that while the disciples ministered with the Lord Jesus Christ, they did not occupy themselves with, I wonder who it is that's going to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder who it is that's going to turn in Jesus Christ. I wonder who it is that's going uh, to cause us all kinds of problems. You know what they did? They occupied themselves with the ministry of the person of Jesus Christ. They didn't worry about those who fell by the wayside. Or even the prospectus of who it was that would fall by the wayside. Listen, we need to be concerned with Jesus Christ and with His promises. And not concerned, listen, with those who way, and I'm not, I don't mean that in a bad way, we ought to pray for them. We ought to try, uh, you know, to show compassion towards them. But I'm saying we should not be fretting and worrying while well, these people left Christ and these people abandoned the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, there will be people who will walk away from the Lord Jesus Christ. They did it back then. They'll do it in 2021. There's nothing changed there. But we need to be concerned with sticking with the Lord Jesus Christ. And not occupy our thoughts with all of those who are left. And again, I don't mean to be unkind or uncompassionate. We ought to be compassionate towards those. We ought to uh, show Christian character. We ought to try and love them and, and hope and pray that they get back to the Lord Jesus Christ. But our responsibility is to serve God. We see why they were attracted to Him. There's many reasons. We see why several, many even abandoned Him. But I'm more interested in why the disciples were anchored to Him. Be anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. Be anchored in His promises, the Word of God. Be anchored in the person of Jesus Christ. Don't worry about the prospectus of people that may fall by the wayside. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Maybe God's spoken to your heart this morning. Maybe you're here and you'd say, well, I, I, I've been attracted by the show. I've been attracted by the, uh, the supply. And, and listen, I've never been born again. Listen, you can be born again this morning. You can be saved this morning. Sometimes people are attracted and there's nothing wrong with that. But I would ask you this morning, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation? He's the only one that can save you. He is the most important thing. There's nothing more important. Maybe you're concerned by others that have abandoned Him. Listen, you keep following the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus said to, to Peter when He was at the end of the, the book of John and, and, and Peter's asking, or Peter, Jesus is talking to Peter. And Peter says, well, what about that disciple? And Jesus says, you concern yourself with you and what I've called you to do. You follow me. Listen, we ought not be distracted from our Christian faith and from our Christian walk by others. We need to be anchored to the Word of God and anchored to the person of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that You'd speak to each and every heart as only you can, help us to be anchored.
in you, God. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we have the, just a quiet hymn of invitation, as the piano's playing, the altar's open, God's spoken to your heart. Maybe you want to pray for some that have abandoned him. There's nothing wrong with that. That'd be a good thing. Maybe you have gotten distracted because of some other thing. Listen, many times we're distracted in our Christian life. We have to redraw our focus on the Word of God and on the promises of God and on the person of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never been baptized. Listen, that's the next step in following the Lord Jesus Christ, to be baptized. Maybe you want to join the church and become a member. Whatever the need, the altar's open. And if you're here this morning and you say, I'd like to be saved, listen. I'd invite you to come. We'll take the Word of God and show you how you can be saved. That's the most important thing.